Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by my co-host, Michael J. Russ. I am so honored and so excited, Michael, because the subject today is something near and dear to both of our hearts. Both of us um, were mentored by Glenn Brooks, who had the Vibrant Living Network, and Glenn used to always talk about living in the miraculous, and I think... I'm not really sure where he it, it originated from, but um, I I thought to myself, Michael told me one of the most amazing stories, and I thought, gee, that's really miraculous. And and then pondering about what it really means to to live in the miraculous. And so, uh, just for a moment, imagine that you live in a reality where you are included in everything. Nothing is separate from you. Anything that happens, happens to you or happens to others. It's all about the connection. You are receiving from everybody you meet and they are receiving from you. And I think in in my mind, that's really sort of how the miraculous starts because there is nothing that is not shared. And no matter how great the problem they only come in one at a time. And I heard a really amazing analogy about sands in an hourglass, that only one grain of sand could pass through the hourglass at a time. So no matter where we are, understand that there's only one problem, one thing that you focus on at a time that can pass through that uh, hourglass. And Michael, I would love for you to share with our audience, Michael had the most unusual and amazing situation that unfolded for him. And it's all about, I think it's just, it is, it's miraculous. Not only your attitude, but the way things aligned. And, um, I, you know, so I'm going to welcome you. And I'd love for you to share that and we'll just kick off the show that way. Sure, no problem. Thank you so much. You're uh, always a, a pleasure to to uh, get together with once a, a week and and uh, enlighten our our peer NFM audience. Well, listen, this is really interesting because uh, I, I'm still bowled away by this because I have uh, I have three golf games uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday that I'm going to play with uh, play with some friends. And last Sunday, I was. Uh, ready to get out and go play. And I discovered that I didn't have my clubs. You see that my car was in the shop. It had been in the shop all week long. And not once did I think about the fact that my clubs uh, were in the trunk of my car. So I was set to go to a tea time. I had about half an hour. And I said, oops. I looked in the trunk of my girlfriend's car where the clubs normally are, and I said, oh, my gosh, it's in the, the clubs. <laughs> I don't have any clubs. I had golf shoes. I had balls. I had tees. I had nothing to, to play with. So I called a buddy of mine really quickly, kind of roused him up, and I said, hey, I need, uh, I need some clubs, man. I, I, I don't have any. So he says, come on down. <laughs> I went on down to, to his garage, and he's got, you know, most golfers have two, three sets of clubs. I, I actually had two other sets of clubs but they were in a shed but the key to the shed was in my car as well so I had no access to them and so I said I really need something pal you gotta hook me up so he'd been telling me for a long time to change the shafts from steel to graphite it was easier to hit easier on my back and my body and I'm going yeah 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 okay I'm playing halfway decently pretty well and with the clubs I have and I'll, I'll do that eventually well he gives me these these clubs he says, here, here, here's a bunch of clubs try these I put them I got a, had a golf bag in my uh, attic so I went up and got it brought it down put the clubs in and I said I said oh my gosh uh, I've got all these clubs and I, I the putter I was going to use was my own I didn't use it very often but I have about five putters so I grabbed one and I said, okay, uh, I'm just going to go out and we'll see how things unfold. I have no expectations, no nothing, because I have no idea how I'm going to play with these clubs. And usually, uh, you know, clubs are, clubs are very specific to the user when you, when you craft them that way. And that's what you want to do. And you, when, when you have your swing down, you have your rhythm down and all that, you want to actually take away the variables of, uh, of, of, uh, the way you play and that you do that by 
by customizing your clubs to your swing, your grip, your length, your your height, your everything, your type of uh, type of performance. And so these clubs had I had nothing in common with them. So I was I was sitting out there and, and I went off the first tee, and I didn't hit any balls on the driving range because I usually never do that anyway. I just went off the first tee and I said, let's see how this unfolds. And I I gotta say, as I progressed through the round. I was hitting shots, and I'm just marveling at a couple of things of how well I'm striking the ball, how well I'm putting the ball where it needs to be, and I said, and how well the putter's operating that I haven't used because I have, I have, like I said, five of them, and I have my favorite. And so I get. Long story short, I don't want to take the audience through this whole this whole business, but I'll simply say this. As I progressed through the round, I noticed that when I got done with the first nine, because I play like I live life. It's one step at a time, one moment at a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I let things unfold and don't get ahead of myself. I'm just going, okay, one shot at a time. I'll take care of this shot. Then I'll take care of the next shot. And after the first half of the round, I was was two over um, the recommended uh, amount of shots for, uh, they call it par, but they recommended the number of shots. And I said, wow, I'm two over. Ordinarily, I am about two over with my own clubs. If I'm playing well, I'm about two over. And I got to the backside, uh, the second nine, and I started playing. And lo and behold, I'm hitting shots with longer clubs. I'm putting the ball within uh, uh, pen high, which would be equal with. In other words, my distance, gauging of distance was absolutely perfect. I'm looking at a number. I'm trusting what I have because there's something called a range finder. Um, it's a little device that you you uh, can give yourself an exact range from the pen from anywhere on the course. And that was in my golf bag in the trunk of my car, so I didn't have that either. All I had was simply a set of clubs that I'd never used and I was using a, a, a computer GPS that was in the cart I was driving, which is only usually 70% accurate. And uh, I just looked at it, and I'm going, okay, let's just pick a club. I'll just figure it and finagle it out. And when I got done with the, la- the second nine, I was two under. So basically, yeah. I wiped out the two strokes I had gained. I, ha- I was over on the front and because I, I had what they call birdies. I had three birdies almost in a row. Um, putting extremely well. I was very relaxed. It was really it surprised the heck out of me because ordinarily if I'm I'm if you're playing with something that's not yours, uh, instruments, uh, clubs that you're unfamiliar with, in the back of your mind you're thinking that 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 okay, I don't know what this is going to do. You keep saying that to yourself. I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to I'm going to give it my best shot. Well, I didn't know that went through my head. It was just I I just literally I was a blank slate for how these things were going to work. So at the end of the round, I was dead even. Now, to put this into perspective, I've only shot dead even golf probably 10 times in my life. That's, mm-hmm. that's how challenging it is to play, to play even, not over or not under the recommended number of strokes, which is 72. So I shot 72. And I'm like, I, I played the second best round of golf this year on my birthday and I shot 73 with my clubs and I hadn't been able to mm-hmm. do it since and here I take some clubs that I've I don't even I don't even know from Adam and I shoot one better than my best round of golf this year and one of the 10 best rounds of golf in my life now there were no holes in one and no fancy things but the number of birdies I got was really really pretty amazing from wherever I was so I, I I'm, I'm blown away by this and I'm starting to think about this and I'm putting this together. I'm going, what are the odds that I wouldn't think about for the entire week? I had planned this round of golf that the entire week I wouldn't think about golf clubs until moments before I had to leave to go to the course. Now, what's up here with that? That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. I have no range finder. <laughs> number three, I'm lucky that, I, that my buddy has some clubs who lives down the street. or I'm, I'm toast. I got nothing. I didn't go rent a set of clubs from the course. Uh, perhaps, but the the idea of this, how much of a miracle this was for me was more about the mindset that I had 
all morning long. The mindset. Now, couple this with the fact that when we finished, it was 109 degrees on the heat index. Wow. Oh, my okay? goodness, Michael. So it was hotter than blazes outside. It was 100 degrees in the heat index by 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay? So it wasn't – that's something that we've experienced for a month, month and a half. So that really wasn't different about the day. The wind was normal. Uh, it, it, was, it was the way that I actually approached it, and that's the lesson from this is that – Sometimes we're thrust into situations and circumstances that are completely foreign. Uh, and in my view, I was thrust into that situation for a reason. Perhaps my guide said, ah, we're going to play a little trick on him. No clubs, no rangefinder. We're going to make him borrow some clubs. And then we're going to see what, what, kind of, what kind of magic he can make okay, out on the course. And I didn't get ahead of myself. I didn't create the doubts in my mind about how I was going to play. I didn't have these perceptions about, negative perceptions about how my round would go. I just simply said, I'm going to let it unfold. And in life, this is, in my view, what we should do with every single day, is simply let it unfold. We work with what we have. We don't uh, disrespect ourselves or get down on ourselves or beat ourselves up because we don't have the normal tools that we have in 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 life. We're we're driving a different vehicle. We're driving, you know, we're we're going to a place we've never been to before. We're meeting some people that we have never uh, encountered before, never had any connection with before. You know, these this is what life is. Life is daily, day in and day out, being engaged in things with perhaps not all the tools that we're normally used to, and it's a mindset. Living the miraculous, in my view, is simply a mindset, okay? And the mm-hmm. same mindset, by the way, now here's the thing about, about life that really trips a lot of people up. You go out and you have this miracle. Now I'm going to go play three days in a row. Am I going to go into tomorrow morning at 7, 10 a.m. when I tee off with, oh, I, I have to shoot the same round of golf and put that kind of pressure on myself? Absolutely not. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to play with the same clubs. I said, he's got these clubs for sale, so quite frankly, uh, I can pick them up for a song. But the point is that I said, I don't want to make any commitments to anything without using these clubs two more times. I just want to use them two more times, see how they feel. I'll have my range finder. Maybe that'll make a difference. I'll, I'll have my driver, not versus somebody else's, which I didn't play too well with. I didn't play too well with his main club, Golf the Tee, and that was that was just a function of it being such a vastly different club. So I clubbed down to something that I did have confidence in, and I made magic from that particular point. That's what was different about this game versus any other. However, mm-hmm. that's where that's where the miracle comes in. It's it's a it's a it's a mindset and a state of being that you live in the midst of every moment of your day, and that's that's what I love about golf, and is that. It is a game of, of miracles that can unfold for you, and they unfold sometimes so quickly that you, it is, it's very easy to put yourself down, to say, this isn't me. I can't do this. I don't normally do this. I'm not capable of this. How is this happening to me? And that's mm-hmm. where we ruin it. We ruin it. We ruin the mindset by getting down on ourselves. And what we should be saying is, this is me. I'm worthy of this. I can do this. I can make this kind of magic happen. And I'm so proud of myself for doing it. That is what oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it would have been very possible. easy for you to cancel the game and say, you know what, guys, oh, yeah. I, I can't make it today. Yeah. I don't have the equipment. I don't mm-hmm. have the equipment that I need. The things that I'm comfortable with. And I, I really do, I believe wholeheartedly that the universe <laughs> put that in your path, Michael. Exactly. As for, for so many different reasons, not only... For you, and I mean, it was a it was a miraculous game. It was a miraculous set of circumstances that you have somebody in your wheelhouse that is able to supply that uh, information or the equipment to you. Um, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, and it's sort of like foreshadowing. You should really switch to graphite, right? <laughs> and you kind of love, like, yeah, 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 you know. But I I love it because really everything that you did impacted something else and not only you but also the other 
individuals that were on the golf course to you that bear witness to what unfolded, yeah. knowing that you were seemingly handicapped, right? Handicapped by not having yeah. what you seemingly. thought That's or believed you needed. Exactly. Hit it square on the hit the nail on the head with that one. It's a great, great, great comment there. Uh, perception, observation, I should say that the word handicapped is 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 one that we we often use when we are not in our uh, normal element, right? And uh, I, I think about this every time I see someone uh, uh, in, in, whether, in whatever context who maybe doesn't have a right hand or doesn't have a left arm. Uh, and just to let you know, back in California when I was there 20 years ago, I used to play this. I used to be mem- member of this course, uh, and it was a municipal course up the street from myself. They had a gentleman who played there. He was probably in his fifties, uh, late fifties. He only had one arm, yet he beat most of the people he played golf with. He, he was a one arm mm-hmm. one arm golfer, uh, and he was fabulous. And I got the opportunity to play with him uh, one time, play nine holes, and I was stunned at how he just literally, you know, there was no perception of handicap. There was only. Uh, opportunity and it was it it is amazing and this is this is you know we are somehow in this world uh conditioned to think that when you are not in your element when you don't have your tools that you are handicapped Mm -hmm. even if it's a part of your body that you're handicapped and that is that is a it's a it's a crime in my in my view to even think that way um people everybody has a special gift everybody has the ability to create the miraculous to live from and in the miraculous and uh it's just a function of not thinking that someone is handicapped i really look for where the what what is your special talent what is your special gift that you that you uh incarnated with you know what is that that's what i want to know you know it's Mm -hmm. not that they they uh have cerebral palsy or they have they're on the autistic spectrum Whatever it may be, there is a gift there. What is it? What is the? And there may be there's maybe multiple gifts and talents that haven't been discovered. Sure. The focus on the handicap really just doesn't do justice to the fact that there is something there that is not being able to come to the surface because the focus is elsewhere. The focus is on the handicap, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it uh, you, you you see these stories about savants one way or another and and they they it's like this smoke and mirrors thing the handicaps over here that's where you're focused but you, you know the the real gift is right here and when it comes to the surface you go oh wow that's amazing yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also miraculous right you know it is so anyway i just wanted to put yeah. that out there because uh no, it, i, I, I love it yeah, yeah no it's it's just such a great a great story and um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the work of Paramahansa Yogananda of, in, uh, in his book, Autobiography of a Yogi. He talked about the law of miracles, and he said that miracles as we know them do not exist. Um, we, they are actually beyond explanation or ability to comprehend them. But he said every human being has and can operate on the level of that realization and that you are you can be in a, a state of bliss or they called it samdhi where you attract and and miracles just unfold for you in very unexpected ways and i i think that what is so important you know you didn't have to be a master yogi to be able to levitate or you know take your body or processes almost to nothing um you know that they exist around us all the time and that there's you know this force within us that we can kind of um i guess sort of assimilate or sort of automatically attune to and that as we do uh it things become more greater greater possibilities i think is what it is and uh I, i read something the other day that um they said that all impossibilities are just opinions, not facts. <laughs> I oh, I love, love it. That. I love it. And I love I it. Possibility, <laughs> yeah. It's a perception. Impossibility, an opinion, a perception. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that you can throw the word miracles in there. You know, we don't necessarily have to think of you know the the miracles that are are biblical. I think that around us every day. I mean, they, you speak about the miracle of birth. You speak about you know the miracle of breath, the miracles that you see on um, transformation. You have somebody that uh, perhaps had an addiction that you thought would never be able to overcome it. And then something shifts. Somebody walks into their path and says just the right words that shift that consciousness or that point for them so that they gain a belief about themselves. And um, I think a lot of us really do underrate ourselves. We, we don't yeah. see how miraculous we are. That's true. In my view, it's because of the fact that we, we happen to, we have this element of doubt about what we can do or what we are capable of. And we're just, we don't want to set ourselves up for success. We want to set ourselves up for the possibility of failure and not feeling mm-hmm. bad about it. When actually uh, we, should be, we should be setting ourselves up for success mentally from the very, very beginning. And it's, uh, I've told stories before about, you know, sitting down with people to play drums that I've never, never even spoken to uh, in my life the moment before I ask them to do so. Uh, and, and how uh, joyous it is to, to play, to just step into that moment in time, believing fully 110% that I'm going to be successful. And that is the way that you create success create that miracle in that moment is is by believing in yourself 100% fully that there's there's no there's no stepping backward you're stepping forward and it's almost like the path you stepped from disappears it's not there anymore mm-hmm. you can't go backwards you must stay moving forwards and each step you take the path that's behind you disappears and you know, so you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about that path or being able to go back or, you know, changing your mind, okay? So you, you talk to some people who absolutely have succeeded in their vocation, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see how, see what their mindset is. You know, a Kobe Bryant or uh, uh, a uh, uh, Jabbar in, in basketball, uh, Tennis players, Her friend, mm-hmm. right. yeah. I mean, some of, those, some right, of and golf, right? Yeah, and, and golf. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 so true. You wonder, uh-huh. yeah, what is the what is the reasoning behind? You know, the fascinating thing is that Tiger Woods fascinated a lot of people, and he had a really really long and, and glorious uh, career of and more success in a shorter period of time than most golfers in in history. And what's interesting is that. Uh, you find interesting is that even today, you know, he's not playing in the game. There are uh, everybody on tour. There's 125 players that all have the capability of winning. They all have the tools. They all have the skill. The question every time they go out is whether they have the mindset. It's always about mm-hmm. mindset because that dictates absolutely everything. And it's what they believe they're capable of. And Tiger always believed, his, his dad drilled into him, that he was capable of winning every time he stepped onto a course. He was capable of that. I mean, years and years of that, uh, of, of drilling that into you, into your mind, that it teaches you that miracles are only a moment away, a thought mm-hmm. away. And... And that all you have to do is put yourself in that miraculous mindset and just let things unfold and never doubt that you can achieve the goal that you are seeking to achieve. Whether you're not, it's, it's the other thing too, whether or not you get there or not, you're still going to experience a much greater, you're going to have a much, more great, a much greater experience of life than if you hadn't. And that's the mm-hmm. thing I find so interesting. I'm not going to be disappointed if I shoot 72 or 74, or 75 tomorrow. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm not. You know, because the right set of conditions, um, 
I mean, there are, there are variables that, that occur when you're playing when you're playing golf. The wind may be different. Um, the mm-hmm. my, every every time you go out, your swing is different. People don't get that, but I tell people this all the time. You can understand something. Every time you play, I don't care if you're a tennis player, you're a pickleball player. Your 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 physicality is different every time you go out to play. It's not exactly the same as it was when you and the conditions are different. Physicality, conditions, who you're playing, your mindset, all of these things are different each time you go out. So you you have to take what you get and work with it. And that right. is the beauty of it. And that's, that's life too. You get up every day, you go out, you know, you, you, you may take the same route to work, but the, the same cars aren't next to you every day. The same circumstances don't exist. The same weather doesn't exist. And the same the same uh, uh, accidents that occur that stop traffic up here and there, that doesn't exist mm-hmm. every day. So you have to take what you get and believe in yourself and, and, and that whatever your goal or mission is, that you can succeed at it and that something amazing can happen. This is, what's interesting is that, I, don't know, I can't remember who told me this, but they said you are... You're only a moment away from a miracle. You just have to believe in them. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, you're only a I moment like away. That. You just have to believe that they're there, that they will occur, right? And that's that's really the the case is that you have to simply believe that that whatever it is that you're doing, that the miracle will appear, and that belief mm-hmm. creates a law of attraction. You put emotion into it, and and there you go. Um, the 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 formula is pretty basic the question is always can you execute maintaining that um, that uh, formula can you execute the formula and every every mm-hmm. single day and that's why golfers the same golfer doesn't win every every uh, every week and it's the reason why Tiger won more tournaments than anything else than anybody else and other people he had people doubting themselves because he won so often he had other people doubting themselves and that was one of the biggest clouds that was over golf at the time people knew that if tiger entered the tournament and and please understand something this is i want to be specific about this because it is it is very much a miracle that he had the career he had because he played less than half the tournaments that everybody else did at the same time over the same period he would only play Mm. every couple of weeks he wouldn't play every week golfers had up to that point played every single week to go out and grind it out every single week, right? He played one tournament every couple of weeks, one tournament every three weeks, right? And he would win. Mm-hmm. His winning percentage was higher. And he, <laughs> number of tournaments he played. People think, oh, yeah, he played like, you know, a thousand tournaments just like everybody else. No, 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 he didn't. He played, he, he amassed 82, 83 wins, 84, however wins he has in, in like, you know, 300, 400 tournaments. He didn't pay a thousand tournaments like everybody else. And so you think about that and you wonder what kind of mindset produces those kinds of results outside of skill, of course, that, that, that he was, uh, you know, the, the skill aspect. People playing today of any, any sport, I don't care if it's tennis or soccer, World Cup is on as we're doing this right now. And the reason why uh, certain teams are successful more successful than others and newer teams are coming up is because the technology performance technology is so different than it was 20 years ago Mm -hmm. performance technology so you have younger golfers now tiger started at five actually i think he hit it i think he had a golf club in his hand at two uh however i think he was on he was on the johnny carson show when he was five shooting you know playing demonstrating some of the skills that he had at that time he was a prodigy at five years old so he he was doing something at two years old and five years old that other golfers at up to that point in time hadn't done the earlier you start and recognize a skill level or ability and then you work with that ability the better you're going to be when you are older right so the mm-hmm. difference now is that not only do you have kids, people starting out earlier in life in doing things, uh, skills and abilities are identified early, and then people are working with them to develop those skills and abilities, as well as hopefully a, a mental mindset. 
but you have um, you have a lot of people doing the same thing in every different discipline, every different sport. And so there are people who will shine because they had uh, earlier training than other people. And there are some golfers on the tour who only started when they were teenagers. They've won mm-hmm. some tournaments, but are they that good? Not necessarily. They don't, they're not demonstrating that ability. So it's really interesting um, how knowledge, enlightenment, um, earlier in life, or at some particular point, you can book, I call it bookmarking. You can today bookmark that you're going to live from the, from the miraculous. Uh, yesterday was yesterday. And the way that I uh, put this mentally is for people to say, up to now, up to this point in my life, I thought that. Now I think this. And it's a mm-hmm. way of giving yourself permission to think differently. And I call it up to now. Up to now, up to this point in my life, that's, that is the way I thought. That's the way I did things. Today, I think from the miraculous. Mm-hmm. Today on. And you can bookmark it. And give yourself permission. Forgive yourself for all those other thoughts. It's the way of doing it. And now you think differently. And uh, that I do that. I do that on the golf course. I do that in my everyday life when I want to change a behavior, change a thought pattern. I give myself permission by saying, you know, up to now I did it this way. Now I'm going to do it this way. And I forgive myself for the way I did it before, which wasn't so successful. And um, so I encourage our, our, our viewers to kind of say that just up to this point, up to now, this is the way I did it. And, and when you're talking mm-hmm. to people, it's great to use that terminology. You know, when they say, ah, you always do that. And I say, well, up to now I did. Right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> right? Because well, right. you nope. they think they know you. They think they know you. They think, yeah. oh, we, I, I have a oh, perception totally. of a preconceived idea. Yeah. You know, he always or she always does that, you know, and she always right. behaves that way. I know exactly what she's going to say. And you say, yeah, up to this point I did say that. Now I'm, I'm the, and they, sure? and they go, well, wait a minute. You just changed because I said, no, up to now. I did do that. Now I do no, it differently. That's a great. That's really great. You know, and you know, there there was a saying that a habit, which is is a lot of of what people judge us because we're you know creatures of habit. That habit, it was actually a garment that you wear. And I love that that's analogy correct. because I thought, you know, <laughs> it's like you put this on. So how do you, you know, how you have you have habits of how we react to problems or traffic jams or, you know, we, we have certain routes that we take and we're driving home every day. And there could be an obstacle, there could be an accident. And, you know, we can either choose to sit in that quagmire of traffic or we can look for another route. You know, they, they say there is no obstacles, there's only opportunities. So if that is the case, you know, the problems that we have are really blessings in disguise. You know, where, how are they strengthening us? How, so how do we change? How do we react to that? And I think that that's really an important uh, analogy. And, and one of the things that I love, and, and we had an opportunity to speak with Dr. Nicosia on an earlier uh, show, and, you know, the interesting thing is the nervous system does not, cannot tell the difference between what's real or imagined in the experience. You know, the nervous system reacts to what we believe to be true. Right. And so it's like the foreground, the forebrain, like it reacts and it, it directs us one way or the other. So it's kind of like seeing that traffic light. So is the traffic light green or are we conditioned to see yellow? Is there caution there or is it red? We got to, you know, in a quick, you know, where it quickly switches or <laughs> run through the light and we, you know, you know, take caution of the wind and stop and look both ways before we go crashing through. And, and I think that when we are really taking a look and seeing and, and witnessing, you know, really bearing witness to the miracles in our lives, that things, you, you say, okay, well, there was this accident today when I was driving home. But I took that left turn and I took the right turn. I kind of didn't really know where I was going. But... I just found this really great restaurant that I never knew existed. Exactly, exactly. That is so that's, that that is so beautiful because that's the way life is, and it's it's really interesting that it, it could be anything. I, I consider it now 
you know, there was a point in time where I just considered that to be coincidence or just accident or whatever. And now I'm simply uh, of the mind that, you know, my guide is making it a little bit more difficult for me to go that way because this is a better way because there's something that I need. Yeah, because this right, may like locking something the key, along this path it. that I need to connect oh, with. Yeah. Right? And it could sure, be because right. I'm going to go to that restaurant at some point and connect with somebody that I need to be connected with. You know? Yeah, i got to tell you this cute, right. little, cute little story. We're in Biloxi. Please. We're in Biloxi uh, at this Beau Rivage resort. We go over there and just hang out at the pool and, uh, and, and all day long in the heat. And just, just sit there. And we talk to people connect with people from all over the country who come down there. And I am, uh, after dinner, the first night we were there on Tuesday night, we went to uh, hear a musician uh, by the name of Dominguez who, who plays in the club uh, in this, at the 875 bar. And I love listening to him. And I've run into him in several places around the city. And we've talked uh, to him uh, about, you know, where he's from. And he's, he's uh, uh, from Puerto Rico. And he plays this uh, plays a whole different genre of music. But it, w- the interesting thing is, we go in and we sit down at, at the bar and we order a glass of wine and we're listening to him. And then this guy comes and sits next to us. And what does he do? He lights up a cigarette because you can smoke in there. And now we're like, oh no, we can't be here. So we leave there and we go around. We escape him and go around uh, the bar about uh, 10, 15 degrees, and we take up. Uh, residents in a, in a seat, a couple of seats there, and there's this girl who's dancing on the dance floor with with another girl, and she she's got this book on the on the uh, right next to us on the on the bar, and she comes over after she gets done with a couple of songs, and she's sitting there and I said, I said hey, it's interesting that you're reading in here. <laughs> she goes, she goes, oh yeah. And, and she the book was a self help book. I can't tell you the name of it because I can't remember at this particular point. But she says, this is amazing, this stuff, and she's reading about this stuff. And she was at a point in her life where she was, she was a sponge for, she had reached a level of awareness, self-awareness, mm. right, spiritual awareness. Now she's like inquisitive. She was, she was craving enlightenment. So I simply told her, maybe you know, we'll listen to, to uh, our podcast. And he goes, she goes, podcast? I go, yeah, connect to love. Here is what it is. Uh, she, just, she took her book and turned it to the back, and she wrote down, I said, connect, number two, and love. She says, oh, I love this. Yes, I'm going to listen to this. And so, young That's lady, so if you are listening for the very first time to the show, I want to say thank you very much. I did not get her name. We weren't there long enough for that. However, the coolest thing was that she was, and I told her, I said, yeah, I was, I was where you were uh, where you are now, 40 years ago, and it's, it's a great place to be. And she looks at me, she goes, I wish, I wish churches taught this kind of thing. And I'm going, well, Aww. let's not get into that right now. Let's just stay, stay on, your, right? on the path that you're on. There are some really great books out there. I, and I said, just understand that all these books you read, it's not literal that you're going to do everything that they say. It's just you're going to take the bits and pieces from everything you read, and you're going to adapt them to your life because we all have a different life experience. And you're going to take the treasure and you're going to enrich your life from anything and everything that you read and, and, and uh, uh, listen to. Because not everything is, you're not meant to adopt everything literally. It, it's just, you know, because you're in a different place. We're all coming from a different place in life. But you may find one or two things in this that help you in your life right now. And that's what it's about. It'll help you moving forward. And I said, I'm happy to, that you're in, in such a great place. And then we left. You know, I said, thank you very much. And we left, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, thank you very much, smoker, for actually putting yourself there. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not an accident either. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. That particular person needed a connection with me. And the interesting thing is my girlfriend knows she's experienced this so often that she's like, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's another one. You know, it's like another individual mm-hmm. who you're supposed to connect with, uh, no matter where we are, no matter where we go, in the pool, uh, anywhere, we're, I'm connecting with people. And I get a chance to share the podcast with those people who are right for it, who are ready for it. And uh, so right. I love it. No, you're, you're absolutely 100% right, Michael. You know, when I, I was a kid, and I don't remember exactly where the book came from. I, it was probably one of my mother's books, 
and I still actually have the book today. Um, it, it was the the book Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach, and it has a lot oh, yeah. of pictures in it, so a lot of photographs and things like that. And I think um, for me, you know, the the book had a very simple message that it was a, a that really he wanted to fly, and he wanted to have people really recognize that there's more to meet than meets the eye to life that that you can't have anything that you want i mean he was just um he wanted to reach high and be free and discover and challenge and i really follow his dreams and and it just i i don't know it was just such a simple 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 book but and and i had i didn't even i guess when I was a kid, I just didn't even realize that that Richard Bach had written all these other other books. But for me, that was I've I've kept that, and the pages are worn and and whatnot. But I think it's sort of that exactly what you're talking about that we have these things that come across our path that we hold and we embody, we learn from. Um, sometimes we pass them on to other people, but they are part of us. And they're part of the journey, and they are what makes our journey so unique, what makes us so amazingly unique in, in all the world. Like, as you were, you met this young lady, it, 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 you're not, you're just in different, you're in different places. And there were things that she, I'm sure, got, after you left her, things that she said to you that inspired new thought and new awarenesses and new gifts in your life as well. Yeah, you you can't help but have that process happen. Uh, I think about the process of how I of how I meet people and how uh, it's uh, how blessed I am to be able to um, be guided to people who are in a, a space that is uh, so expansive, where their minds are just now open to to uh, to, to life and how to make life the best experience for them that it can be mm-hmm. um, because uh, there are a lot of people uh, that I, uh, the people I come across who, uh, who aren't, who are, who are, who feel stuck. There's just, they haven't really walked through that doorway yet. The doorway of awareness, uh, self-awareness and self-actualization that they are in control mm-hmm. of their own uh, life experience um, and the way that they feel because uh, our, our society feeds on, uh, you not feeling good about yourself, uh, because if you don't feel good about yourself, then you'll want what they are offering because they're promising that it will make you feel good about yourself. And really, you don't need any of those things. All you really need is to uh, is to rethink your whole uh, proposition of how you're living in life and what you think about yourself, and mm-hmm. uh, that life can change when you change your mind. Life changes when you change your mind. That's, it's, gosh, it sounds so trite, doesn't it? So simple. Um, however it is, it is a very challenging proposition because we're taught uh, the antithesis of living that way. Mm-hmm. We're taught that, that right. if we, that we need this thing and we need that thing and, and uh, that, you know, you don't, you're taught to seek perfection and, and that, Really, it's not about perfection. It's about it's about experiencing. It's about connecting, mm-hmm. and that is it makes you feel joyfully fulfilled when you connect with another human being on a level of understanding that just brings joy to you. So it's just it's it's spectacular when that when that happens. And smi- a smile uh, it speaks wonders. And when you can be in a, a state of being where you're smiling all the time because you're loving life, because you're loving life, and, in, and as an extension, loving your life uh, as, as, mm-hmm. as it comes, the, mir- the miracles will flow. It's, um, and there, there are little miracles. There are big miracles. There are the little miracles. It's just the, let's just define this for a second. A miracle... Um, is 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 not some cataclysmic it doesn't have to be a cataclysmic event uh and right. it, it you know where 
you know, a hand comes down and says, you, I, you know, I'm, no. Not <laughs> right. We're talking about the little things, the little miracles. That's what brings joy to your life, and it's what helps you to love your life experience mm-hmm. is the little things that occur. When you meet the right person at the right time, you think it's oh, an accident, coincidence, it's serendipity, it's maybe really where you were guided to be at that particular point in time. I love to think that I'm, uh, and I've come to understand that I'm, I thought I was in charge. No, I'm not in charge. My guide's in charge. Guiding me to where it is that I need, that I need to go, where I'm supposed to be, to help me realize my soul's purpose, my soul's intentions. And uh, I've had to wrap my mind around that one in the last three, three to four months, uh, mm-hmm. and it, because it's a different, it's a, it's a different way of thinking about my life experience, who I encounter, where I encounter them. These things have been happening for forty, fifty years. It's just that I understand now that it's that I that I'm on this track to achieve various things. We have various intentions that our soul. Uh, a vision board kind of encompasses that we are supposed to, uh, that we've said, hey, we're going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. Uh, and at some particular point in time, I'm going to accomplish this or I'm going to be there at this particular time. I'm going to do whatever. And that our, the, the dance it takes to get there, the dance that, that we go through on a daily basis uh, to to life's music, sometimes it's uh it's, we think it's haphazard, and we may get a little you know, upset about it, or a little ticked off because it didn't happen the way we thought it was supposed to occur. And the trick is flexibility, flexible mm-hmm. thinking, you know, to be open to, like you said, oh, it's a traffic jam. And, we may go down, and then we run into that restaurant that we've been looking for for God knows how long, right? I've been looking for a great right. Thai restaurant. It's been right here all the time. You know, right. and and uh, I didn't know that. And then you meet you meet the person who can come and clean your house or babysit oh, yeah. your dog or whatever oh, yeah. it is. They happen to be sitting at you, or do you overhear a conversation? You say, oh, "I don't mean to be eavesdropping, but it's just the information that you needed about right. X Y Z topic." Exactly. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, and and I I love it, Michael, because you know you really illustrate that miracles, miraculous events, don't only happen in spiritual places like India or or in Israel or wherever, you know, the legends of old have said miracles happen. Um, Uh You know, miracles are sometimes, uh, for me anyway, there's a neighbor who took in not just two of the kittens that I rescued, but also the mother. And and she has not really had... uh, an interaction with humans. She's older than the kittens. The kittens, it's a, it's a totally different situation. But just for her, you know, the the day that, and she's only had the cat three days, uh, stopped hiding under the blankets or hiding from her and came out to actually sit in the, <laughs> the room and be with her in her presence, not just for yeah. food, but actually, and and that brought her so much joy. Yeah. And I know, I know that feeling, and, and it, it is, it, it is miraculous to her. So and it's an, it's it, an it opportunity. Is. You experience it a lot more mm-hmm. than I do because you, you bring in a lot of really, really, really young kittens, and um, for that, uh, you, are, you are to be absolutely applauded. I'm going to tell you, oh, yeah. um, I have one big, chunky kitten and uh, cat, and who, who it, it, today we've been gone for three days, so she wouldn't shut up when we came home. I was in my office sitting at my desk, and she's talking to me. And she's talking to me. She's walking by and talking to me. Like, hey, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. I said, you said that like two hours ago. You know, I said, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back, though. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad to see you back home. And I can tell you, uh, when I go to sleep this evening, she's going to be on that bed the whole night. And that's kind of, and, then, and, and then it rubs off over a couple of days, and she's off doing her own thing again. But, uh, you know, she's asleep in the chair across from me, kind of upside down with the legs cattywampus and just having a good time being in my presence, which uh, is, is the way she is every single day. And, you know, I, I make it a point a couple of days in advance to say, you know, I've got to tell you, we're going out of town in a couple of days and we're going to be gone for oh, a few days. So sweet. You know, I do that every day, a couple of times a day. I look at her and give her a little pet and then look her in the eye and go, yeah, we're going to be gone. We're coming back. 
you know, and give her that vibe, give her that energy, and maybe that vision that we're going to walk back in, uh, of us walking back in the door. Uh, and we have somebody who loves her just as much as we do, who takes care of her, but she doesn't stay here well, on short trips. So, you know, it's, it's, if we give ourselves the opportunity, and I was thinking about this when you just talked to me, we have to lower the bar for what we think a miracle is. We have to lower that mm-hmm. bar way down to, uh, you know, milligrams off the floor. I mean, literally, we have to, it's not a bolt of lightning, okay, because you don't want a bolt of lightning. You might not survive it. Uh, you sure, want... For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not looking for a bolt of lightning. Um, and you're not looking for the door to open and somebody that you, the perfect vision of a human being to necessarily walk through that door in order for you to know that you can, that you're worthy of love. It's, it's a, the littlest things can occur in your life. The, the, the circumstances can uh, uh, appear before you that give you the opportunity to experience the miracle miracle that you mm-hmm. create by making a connection you know Absolutely. we it, it was it, it is interesting we how many of how many of our listeners go to work come home they don't go out and engage with the public in any way you know maybe they're not thinking about themselves in a way that uh, that uh, allows them or enables them to go outside and and make new friends because it's not something that they're comfortable with are familiar with because uh, in, in one way or another. And, you know, that's the only way, really, that you're going to um, be able to make connections is by putting yourself out there in a, in, in a way that can help you do so or being, you know, paying attention to where you're guided to be and who's around you. All, at all times, I'm, I'm always alert to who. I'm alert to who's around me, wherever I am. I'm in the pool, I'm looking at people, I'm people watching. I'm seeing if their eyes meet mine. And if they do, I say hello. I make a mm-hmm. connection. And if they just keep swimming by, I don't worry about it. If they, if they say, hey, how are you doing? I go, great. I ask them where they're from. And it just starts a, I met this the Indian doctor, Dr. Sam. Uh, and he told me his full name. And I said it back to him about four or five times. He said, oh, my gosh, you can pronounce my name. And I said, yeah. I said, I can do that. But he says, I just called me Dr. Sam. And I said, that's really cool. And he told me a little about his life. And he was from St. Louis, and he retired. After 42 years, he came over from India. He said, I've been here, 50. He says, I've been here 42 years from India. I said, really? And he says, yeah. Mm. And he kind of gave me an idea about, uh, you know, what he did. And I, th- I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> then he told me that his wife had gastrointestinal issues. And I told, told my girlfriend about um, <laughs> what, um, what the doctor said uh, on, on, our, on, on our show, uh, Dr. Nicosia, about gastrointestinal issues. And I said, ooh. And I said, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. You know? <laughs> but our, our right. audience will have to listen to that episode uh, to, to find out what I'm talking about because I don't want to go into it now. But every, I, I loved what you said about the nervous system, reminding our people that the nervous system reacts to what you believe is true. And our feelings and our emotions and what we're thinking, they all are components of creating the miracle. Uh, that is, it, it's not just one thing. It's kind of all those things. Um, mm-hmm. Believing it's possible is, is that miracles are possible and, and uh, applauding yourself for experiencing being the witness to a miracle, whether it's happening to you or whether it's happening to someone else, uh, and being grateful that miracles in whatever form, to whatever degree, actually happen. Right. You know, the more right. you, you uh, bless and thank yourself, be great, you're grateful for the miracle, the more you'll notice them and the more that they'll yeah. seemingly be everywhere. A hundred percent. My mother and I always shared a love of butterflies and when she passed and mm. I was sitting outside in the front and just sitting a, a little bit, not a little bit dumbstruck and this beautiful butterfly just came and it alighted on my knee and it just stayed there. And I, I don't even know how much time passed. It was just so amazing and so beautiful and it just stayed there until it was 
time for it to alight and be gone. And I, I sort of just, I felt that that was a connection. And, and you know, it was, it was a really important time in my life. There was, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference when you don't have the, this force of nature that's always been such a big part of your life. But I think that that moment was, to me, you know, very miraculous. It was, a, it was something that I wouldn't want to have missed if it, you know, alighted on my, my knee and I took my finger and like, shush, get away, get away, you know. I don't want that bug on me. Um, and, and I think it, it's, a good, it's a good analogy for us to recognize that sometimes things will come across our path that may or maybe not perceived as an irritant, but they're definitely here for us uh, oh, to yeah. recognize that of what's possible and, and that connection and that connection to love, which I believe continues well beyond we're, when we are in this physical existence on this plane. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Love is, is, the, is the thread that runs through um, the non-physical vibrational uh, life we experience and the physical vibrational life we experience it is the the common the most common thread it runs through each and every one of us if we could just understand that and live from that uh our lives and the lives of the people around us would change in in again miraculous ways not to over over uh use the word but it it is they, they refer to love as a miracle uh, and it's something that we create something that it's a mindset we have as well and a state of being we live from just like um, you know believing in, in in miracles as a miracle the miraculous is a living from that is uh and, and having a state of being that that miracles occur and that love is present it's it's omnipresent it is it's just that we have to mm-hmm. see it and we have to propagate it we have to nurture it and continue to believe in it in the midst of even some of the most horrific circumstances that are out there, you have to uh, believe in it. If you if you uh, have any doubts about it, you can at the same at the time we're making the show, the the Lahaina fire is is uh, huge and 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 uh, you know the the beauty of that situation is that people are coming together in their ohana, their 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 belief in family that we are all family, we are all one uh, is. Mm-hmm. A, that that itself is based in is rooted in love, and uh, and the most amazing miracles are occurring every single day. And if we could just stay away from the politicized aspect of it, or um, the 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 thing I've I've come across lately, you know, is that what can interrupt that is when you start thinking, hey, how come this stuff didn't come earlier? How come the government didn't help us? Who makes you think that right. way? No, I mean, it, that's the kind of thing that just disrupts the whole loving Ohana feeling. When you start getting in, dr- dropping into the lower realm of, of uh, um, uh, anger and hatred for this or that or feeling, you know, experiencing that, sort of thing, those, those lower feelings and emotions and, and, and succumbing to those. Stick to the love. Stick to the ohana. That's how things get, get better. You know, they don't get better by dropping into lower, into lower frequencies, the negative frequencies. They, they, they get better by sticking in the higher frequencies, enlightenment and love and connection and joy and gratitude. That's, that's where you, you survive uh, and, and you thrive okay, in life. Mm-hmm. You thrive doing that. That's absolutely so true, Michael. I just am, I'm smiling from ear to ear, you know, because you you so often echo exactly what's in my in my mind and in my thoughts, and and I I think that's important to to recognize that you know, so many of us have individuals in our lives that will uh, dismiss something, but. We'll be so excited, and we we can't wait to tell somebody, and they'll just say, "Oh, that, that was nothing," or you know, "That's just a fairy tale that can't exist." And I think it's important as you as you claim your own personal sovereignty, and, and you really anchor into the truth of who you are and how miraculous you are. That you you sometimes it's okay. You don't need validation from somebody else, and you can say to somebody, "Well." I'm sorry you don't feel that way because this is really special to me. And then 
Move on to the next person who will go, wow, that's incredible. I can't believe that. That's amazing. And yeah. and I'm sure, Michael, going back to your golf game, how many people said, well, you know, well, you know, you're not going to be able to play today. Those aren't your clubs. Like, how could you even think think that you could <laughs> achieve yeah. or do it? It's going to be the worst round of my life because, you know, I, I don't have any expectation it's going to be any better. Um, and <laughs> let me tell you something interesting because of how uh, an example of the people I hang around with, not one but two people told me, yeah, you'll probably shoot the best game of your life with those things. <laughs> Two so people said that before I teed off. in the blessings for you. Yeah, they're sitting there. Yeah, I said, yeah, don't worry, man. You, you, you're you're going to shoot the best best round of your of your life with those with those clubs. They weren't thinking all oh, the worst, but they're thinking the best. And I'm going, yeah, that's that that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a realism that 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 can happen, you know. And and uh, I'll embrace that thought. Thank you very much, you know. So it's awesome. Life is life is amazing. I'm looking forward to the next uh, three days uh, of of being able to play and enjoying uh, the company of uh, of those I play with and in uh, in around and and all the experiences that'll come from that and and afterwards. You know, life is right. is an amazing is an amazing adventure, and it always for me it always is. You know, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. So yeah. I always thank no, uh, thanks for being on the show with you. Yeah, no, I'm so 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 grateful, Michael. And I just want to extend to our Connect to Love audience here on PRNFM. You know, we both Michael and I invite you to embrace all the the love that's in your heart. Open it up so big that you can just uh, share it with everybody and really allow yourself to to live in the miraculous and and we can't wait to hear the the feedback of of what unfolds for you because you so are so so deserving and may your all your days be blessed yeah Mm -hmm. always thank you so much always thank you